This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Gilmore. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? I am doing swimmingly. It is raining cats and dogs outside, and you have the high-pitched squeals back. It's it's great. Yeah, it, it, yes, I got my voice back. Yeah, outside feels like everyone should be coughing, but uh, inside, it's the creative team, baby. Where uh, it's another it's another edition on Valentine's Day month. Well, I looked outside this morning and went back to bed, so uh, <laughs> I don't know what outside feels like today. Cold and <laughs> I play, wet. I played video games. That's, oh, that's That was so my contribution to the world today, was so, uh, me time. So lovely. Speaking of you time, I had a little bit of you time for a very brief moment uh, during, uh, yes. during a birthday party. Uh, yeah, uh, we've had uh, me and your cousin, who's not a music guy at all, uh, had a concert booked, and we went, and it was nice. But he went, and he didn't have a good time. And uh, <laughs> and we had this booked for months, and then all of a sudden we get a sweet little invite to uh, a certain nephew's birthday party held at your house. I was like, well, I can make that work. And boy, did we. We stopped yeah. by, said hello, and fucked off. And I wish I could have stayed the, longer. Were the puppies here before you left? Oh, the puppies showed up, and then I was like, <laughs> should I see Tool? <laughs> oh, so Dick Face didn't have a good time. He was oh, miserable with his arm the whole time. I mean, he fell asleep a couple times. It was wow. hilarious. Yeah, in in an arena filled with loud music. It's just not his cup of tea. He's not a music. You, you, you guys, you guys gave him uh, drugs and weed, and he fell asleep. Yes, absolutely. He 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 just <laughs> during is, Tool of all things. Yeah, he's just not a music person. He was like, "This is not my scene." I was like, "You mean a concert? Who doesn't enjoy a good concert?" Well, I don't like people, so I get that part. Oh, well. also, although I will say this, you're going to be proud of me. I've spent most of the last several days making a basically a metal playlist is what it amounts to. And, it, you know, I started with like Rage Against the Machine and then I moved on to, uh, you know, uh, Limp Biscuit. Down. Yeah, no, not Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit does not make the cut for me. But System of Down, Dream Theater, Dragon Force, uh, there is some Iron Maiden and, uh, of course, The Sabbath is on there. And uh, there's some stuff I don't think, yeah, there is Disturbed upon my list. And I do believe there is even some tool. So, you you you'd be very proud of me. I think you could listen to my entire like eight hour playlist that I've got going right now so far of uh, the metal slash a little bit of older rock. But eight uh, hours, good stuff. eight hours. You must have three Dragon Force songs on there then. <laughs> only two. Only oh, only two. Only two. Okay. Oh no, no. I take it back. There is three because they did a cover of "My Heart Will Go On" that oh, just tickles my balls. Yes. and makes me happy. That so. <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> It is great. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of tickling balls, my balls were extra tickled when I tuned into SmackDown last week, Cole. And uh, boy, I, you know, as much as you're not a fan of either The Rock or the Attitude Era, getting in the time machine and going back to some Attitude Era was quite needed. And uh, boy, look at The Rock. He had to cut the sleeves off of his $500 shirt. If If we could get, excuse me. A little bit of that attitude back, that would be great. So, like, the attitude era was crappy because they just tried to cram 15 pounds of shit in an eight-pound bag every week. Everything was a three-minute segment. Nobody had any time to get over. Every match turned into a clusterfuck, you know, no decision because everything was gang warfare and all that stuff. But... They also had some of the most exciting segments of all time and some really, really great brawls like on television. Um, I will say I, I didn't watch SmackDown. I, I, I haven't watched SmackDown, but I've watched Raw the last couple of weeks and I kind of really love what they're doing right now um, because they actually booked the main event of Raw next week. There's two matches announced for Raw next week. We know what's happening 
they did promos on this Raw to build up for next week's Raw. This Raw was bookended with two phenomenal pay-per-view type matches. But, like, I, I'm okay with Cody Rhodes and uh, Drew going head-to-head on Monday Night Raw because Drew's not exactly a main eventer at this moment. He's definitely teetering around. He's going to be the opponent for whoever walks away with world championships coming out of WrestleMania, I think. Uh, they're heading that direction. But also, we didn't get a clean finish. We got, basically, that match was used as an angle to start getting over the fact that Cody's got to deal with the entire bloodline. And then they also ended the show with main event Jey Uso looking like he's finally ending the streak of Gunther. He hit him with five spears in a row, basically, then hit the splash off the top rope. Count of one, the bell starts ringing. I'm thinking, shit, did they do a time limit draw on Raw without ever announcing time limits? They don't have time limits anymore. Then they pan over. It's Jimmy Uso ringing the bell to distract. So Jay Uso's still got to deal with his brother. He's got bloodline bullshit. They're doing a fantastic job kicking this off letting us know the bloodline is still in charge now they have all the power of the rock as a a member of the board uh this is fantastic but also i'm like i think i'm gonna watch raw next week because they've done a great job building up the uh uh the new day and uh imperium like they, their matches have been great. Even Corny has had to like about face on the new day, being like, "Hey, man, these guys can go a little bit." So yeah, I'm yeah. loving Raw. Yeah, no, uh, Raw's been going very well, and uh, it, yeah, like you said, they're actually telling the story and making you want to tune in next week. And uh, SmackDown, same thing. The build to this WrestleMania is so tasty because everyone's everyone's kind of like you know dwelling on the fact that the pivot was very rushed, and it is. But it just made me think if we're if we're doing this now, yeah. what the fuck? What else are we gonna do on the way to Martin on the way to April sixth and seventh? There's yeah, so I, many I love possibilities. It. Yeah. Love it. They're I mean they're really going you know fucking balls to the wall. And but not only that, they also built for the chamber. I thought it was a great segment. This is the best Nia Jax ever looked. I gotta say. Uh, this might be the best way to use her. They got six girls in a ring, and then Nia Jax just come, came down and decimated them out of nowhere and looked really great doing it, honestly. There wasn't anything, you know, it was two minutes, so she didn't really have the opportunity to get blown sky high and then die uh, or hurt anyone, but this was great. I thought her heat looked good. I thought she, I mean, she smashed everyone convention, convincingly after everyone just spent 20 minutes putting over Rhea Ripley and who's going to wrestle Rhea Ripley. Nia Jax let everyone know, I'm a threat. I'm a real threat. Like, you guys don't know. You should just flat out disrespecting me with all this. Get this is what's going to happen. And she destroyed everyone, and it was very good. They're really just making that Rhea Ripley moment in Perth just as good as can be. Really make Nia on the way to this match. Get the Hogan finish on Andre, and uh, Rhea's going to be just the most over thing in that freaking show. Watch. Oh, for sure. I. Oh. Her I think they understand what her reaction was going to be, and so they decided to put her with the heel, and they've done a good job of making Nia Jax. I mean, she was already unlikable just for the fact that it feels like she only had... We, we think she only has a job because of The Rock, by the way. <clears throat> uh, and, and so that rumors floating around was that this was a personal favor to The Rock to get her a job. But I think she's done very well. If I'm being honest, she even did great with Jade Cargill. I think this is a good setup. Uh, if she can have a solid match with Rhea, that sets up for a big match with Jade Cargill and Nia Jax at WrestleMania. And I know that, uh, that's a lot of green, uh, <laughs> and yeah. could go poorly, <clears throat> but if they build up Nia to be a, you know, uh, monster heel type like a Brock Lesnar and then they go with like <clears throat> the Goldberg finish uh, the Goldberg Brock match where Jade just goes out and destroys her in three minutes and looks amazing and they have this three minutes so well rehearsed that nothing could possibly go wrong uh, I think that puts her in a big spot going out of mania um, and I, I don't feel like they would have thrown Jade in the rumble if they didn't think she was at least ready to start doing stuff. So maybe don't give her a huge WrestleMania moment, but uh, that would be a good one. 
Absolutely a good one. And, you know, we're on a collision course for the Usos to have a one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania, and that's going to be good. That, that would be a great moment, a hell of a face-off, and a nice little a nice little reminder that there's cracks in the bloodline, and, and they're kind of, right. you know, this is the beginning of the end. And it uh, sounds like Cody's going to go after uh, Solo at, uh, at, at Elimination Chamber and get rid of that problem. And then, uh, then it's just easy pickings for The Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. <clears throat> I think we're on a... I think we're on a Swervsky uh, little uh, little journey. I think The Rock is gonna just turn babyface at Mania and help uh, help Cody win. I, I could see that. It could be interesting. I think it's gonna depend. I mean, the problem is everything with The Rock. We know that he's not gonna be a full timer. So we know we're, we're at best we're gonna see him every couple of weeks, every Summer couple Slam. of months. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm fine with it. I think. Rather than having The Rock turn heel, I really think the the move is for Rock and Cody to be the SummerSlam main event. That way we know we get one, at least one blockbuster title defense out of Cody, one huge name um, to solidify him as the champion. I think if you beat Rock and Roman back-to-back, -back, like that's a, a, that's a feather in the cap. Fans are going to be behind you. I, and I think they're doing a pretty good job of making Drew a top heel. I, I feel like his, his reactions he's been getting have been fantastic. Um, it's just crazy to me. Like we haven't even started to think about what LA Knight's going to do for mania or really what Drew's doing at mania. We just, we know he's around. Uh, they set up a, a match with Shinsuke and um, da, 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 Sami Zayn. I can't, God, I'm so bad at names. Like I, I could see people's faces now and it just takes that extra second. But I don't, I don't, WrestleMania is so much of it's up in the air at this point. And, and it's two nights. Great. Yeah. But that's just like, usually by this point, they're like walking down the road, like with really cookie cutter, like obvious, okay, yeah, stuff. Right now, like nobody knows what's going to happen. So I'm really excited. I, like, I really, I, I feel like Becky Lynch is probably the right answer for who's going to win the chamber match, but you never know. I, oh yeah, I, I could see a couple other people in there. Like they did a good job last night of making Liv, you know, have a reason of giving Liv and Raquel Rodriguez. By the way, like both of those chicks, and they also, I think, even I haven't seen much of this Tiffany Stratton chick. I don't know if she's worth anything. Uh, she's got the annoying heel shit down. That's for sure. She's certainly annoying, and not like in the go away way, but just enough where you're like, oh, I just want someone to punch her in the face. And so when she got punched in the face by Bianca, it was great. <laughs> yeah, like who was the cabinet lady? The one that had the, <coughs> one that had the shit on her face. Uh, the one that, that boogeyman bit the thing off her face. Oh yeah, yeah, Jillian Hall. Jillian Hall. It's like yeah, Tiffany yeah. Stratton is like Jillian Hall that can work. We we got to be careful these days saying shit on the face like. Yeah, yeah, we 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 gotta, and uh, we might that might actually be topical uh, in in one of my picks for today's uh, top ten. Oh well, I don't have a better transition than that. But why we're here today, Cole? You know, we always talk about Valentines, you know, couples, love, but we never talk about heartbreak. And we're going to talk about the top ten heartbreak kids Shawn Michaels moments of all time. And we were making jokes about it last week that Shawn Michaels is one of those rare performers that can have like 10 of these episodes. So, you know, I'm a, I'm actually excited because I wanted to really dig into some obscure memory banks to like find some moments maybe that are not talked about all the time instead of just the cookie cutter Shawn Michaels top 10 that everyone goes to. So this is why everyone tunes into the creative team to kind of see what else is out there. What other memories can we dig up and put in your head for all the times? Yeah, and and for me, I, I'm gonna go with uh, a little more of the cookie cutter stuff. But I there's this is still is a personal list to me. Uh, there's a couple things on here I don't. I I'm pretty sure you're not gonna have, uh, other than maybe just because of obscurity you were going for them. But like, um, uh, yeah, I've got great stuff uh, from all walks of Shawn Michaels' career too. It's not just WWF. It's not just like DX or his second run. I go all the way back to the early '80s, like. There's some really good stuff in my list here um, that I'm Playgirl. excited about today. Well, no, Playgirl didn't make the cut, unfortunately. Oh. But mm. uh, I also have, have you seen some of those pages? He made the cut. <laughs> yes, Shawn Michaels was a very good-looking man back in the day. Well, I mean, like Not... you know, let's make it a yeah, yeah, snip the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> but 
circumcised. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. Is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The helmets. <laughs> the helmets. Uh, yeah. The, his uh, his rabbi super kicked it off. <laughs> oh, all right. So continuing our theme for the month of hammering cream pies and heartbreak, Valentine's oh. Day love month. Uh, we have a top ten moments. For the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Ronald, would you like to kick this off? I would absolutely to love to right. super kick things off, Cole. Number 10 on the heartbreak kid moments of all time. For me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this kind of obscure one. Uh, the DX Hall of Fame in general. The acceptance speech was everything. And I think the culmination of it for me, other than thanking Vince McMahon obnoxiously a bunch of times, which you know doesn't age well for a number of reasons. Um, but, uh, when he told, uh, Billy that he wishes, wishes Billy the best of luck in his future endeavors, and he hopes that he's all in at his next job. And, uh, that was one of those, Ooh, but in, in in a nutshell, the DX hall of fame acceptance speech for me is, uh, is pretty up there because it's probably the only acceptance speech that I've watched twice. (laughs) So that's a solid number 10 for me. A nice little moment to bring up. The DX Hall of Fame. Shawn Michaels kind of stole the show for that one. Yeah, that that's cer- certainly something that wasn't on my radar. But uh, that's a solid. Uh, it was is one of the most It's certainly the most fun uh, Hall of Fame acceptance speech ever. There wasn't a lot of um, there haven't been a lot of Hall of Fame speeches where people really leaned into the to it and just went full character and were silly. Uh, most of them are heartfelt and fun, but I think DX was a perfect time to just kind of be silly and over the top. Um, you know, I, I'm i not going to get mad at people for thanking Vince McMahon years ago for stuff, uh, you know, and then find out later down the road that shit happened. Like, same thing. I'm not going to be mad at <laughs> shit, you know, shit happened. Shit happened. Uh, but I, same thing. I'm not going to be mad at anyone who put over Chris <clears throat> Benoit for all his career, you know, like it, it's... It, Things happen after the fact. You don't know everyone. Like Bret Hart came out hard against Vince, basically saying like, "Uh, yeah, I, ha- I used to have respect for this man, but I no longer have any respect for him uh, after the kind of weirdo that he turned out to be. Like, this is unacceptable. Uh, and I'm sorry to anybody. I, anytime I may have even sounded like I was defending Vince, what a piece of shit. Like, I hope he gets his, you know, like, so. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he know. should be happy that, you know, he's not the only famous screw job out there. Right, right. So, my number 10, Shawn Michaels selling like a total asshole for Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. One of my favorite moments of all time. Laughed our asses off while it was happening. Uh, You know, this is one of those, like, uh, dream matches where uh, some egos got involved and... Uh, Sean passively, aggressively just went along with the ride rather than, you know, really being a dick and digging in and, and saying, I'm not going to do this, you know, probably because more so because of his reputation that he had had, he had built and uh, stuff that happened in the first Sean run where he got guys fired and the screw job and everything like that. So Sean went along for the ride, but also decided he was going to make a point. And so like Hogan goes to just like run him to the buckle and slam his head on the buckle. Sean jumps up to the bottom rope and does like a corkscrew senton bump off of the post. Like just ridiculous. Like Sean doing all the old school, like eighties, ridiculous over the top heel stuff crotching himself on the ropes like just so much fun you know Hogan would punch him and he'd do a full back roll and like fly out of the ring and like just way over the top but still it was entertaining and great and uh it's one of my favorite Shawn Michaels things ever it was the match of the night even though it was a oh for sure even though it was trolling the industry uh yeah uh we won't talk about the match but we'll definitely talk about something leading up to that match in a moment nice but for now, my number nine uh, moment of all time is an Attitude Era moment. It is the moment where Sh- where Sergeant Slaughter thought he just had all the aces up his sleeve. He just had, he just finally got one over on DX. And so what he did is that he put the European Championship on the line. Shawn Michaels was to defend it against his own partner, Triple H. And he's like, well, if I can't make your lives a living hell, I'm going to make you fight each other so I can see one of you get your ass kicked. And so they have the match. They lock up. 
And then Triple H proceeds to safely put Shawn Michaels on the ground and then hits the ropes. And then hits the ropes. And then hits the ropes again. And then hits the ropes again. And then leaps up, lands on his feet, then knees, and then lays down on Shawn Michaels with the most inconvincing splash of all time and beats Shawn Michaels 1-2-3 for the European Championship. Way more in-depth and creative than the finger poke of doom, might I add. But, yes. uh, but after the match, the afterbirth, if you will, <laughs> Triple H cuts like the sappiest, on-purpose, tear-jerking promo about how this was his dream and it was such a hard-fought victory. And then Shawn Michaels gets on the microphone and cuts the same and gives him, gives him a, a disingenuous, respectful hug that he beat him for the title. It's one of my favorite moments, and it actually made me mad watching it because like, I wasn't on board with DX. Like I wasn't cheering the heels right. then I was young enough to just hate them because of, because I love Bret Hart. Uh, and <laughs> I was rooting for Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter on this one. I was like, I want to see these guys fight. These guys are dicks. And then when they got one over on us, uh, it worked. Uh, even though it's kind of shat on, I wanted to talk about it because I thought it was hilarious, especially in hindsight. It, <laughs> it is great. Uh, it's one of those things that you, you see Triple H running the ropes like half-assed ridiculously, like way over, you know, exaggerating. And uh, you don't always remember what it was from. So, like, I'm glad we talked about it today. You know, a lot of the stuff like that in the Attitude Era passed me by because it just, you know, all I cared about was matches. That's why I, I had this realization before when I was making this list that a lot of times for me, like, I just don't care about sh anything until the bell rings. Like, I just don't for the most part. At this point in my life, I do. I care a, little, a lot more about it because it's just not happening anymore. Like, people aren't doing angles and storylines and promos, and so it's nice to see them. You know, in this point, everyone had a storyline. Everyone was doing angles every week. So, like, a lot of that shit, just I glossed over it. But the a lot of the DX stuff is really great, especially them being smart asses. And honestly, if we're being if if we're being if if we're being frank, they were doing a lot of the stuff Austin was doing, where they were just anti-authority, anti-establishment, and just kind of embarrassing the bosses. But for some reason, uh, it got really over with for Austin and DX not as much. Like they still were able to get a lot of heel heat for a while. And then like DX became baby faces down the road, still doing the same kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, this is a, a good trip down memory lane. Like we did mention, we could probably do 50 Shawn Michaels moments, promo segments from his career easily. So yeah, I don't know. If Stone, number, okay. I don't know. If Stone Cold. Bleh. I don't even know if Stone Cold can talk about how big his dick was and have everyone suck it. <laughs> like there, I'm, yes, I'm, there I'm, is that part. I'm picturing Austin like do DX shtick a little bit and like, yeah, hey, Stone Cold's got two words for you. <laughs> All right, my number nine, going all the way back to the 1980s. This was the match that got the uh, Midnight Rockers discovered and uh, got them signed. Shawn Michaels bled a bucket of blood. Not not joking, not exaggerating. Uh, there was so much blood, it was uncomfortable. And to be frank, that was the finish of the match, was the ref checking because Shawn has lost so much blood and, th and going to ring the bell and stop the match, and Shawn begs him not to. And somehow, after all of this, the baby faces prevail, and Shawn ends up uh, making a tag, and uh, they, they save the day, and Shawn wins. They win the tag team titles in the AWA. And uh, he's just covered head to toe in blood. His opponents are covered fucking head to toe in blood. The ring is covered in blood because he bled so much. Um, but it's such a great match. It's great selling. It's like it's if it, it, it's it, as great a story as you can tell in the match. At that point, the odds are so stacked against the babyface because his partner's injured, so he's off the apron. He's bleeding excessively and two it's basically a two-on-one match for 10 minutes and the ref is just like dude i can't let you keep going and he's like no it just like showing the heart and the fight like this really put Shawn michaels on the map but also the rockers and that led to their wwf run so it's really a great match if it's one of those things if you uh looking for something to watch if you want to study something uh go watch this match absolutely and Shawn michaels is pretty famous for gigging a lot like yes. you know you, he's you don't really uh appreciate how many times he's bled like i and you know and you don't even really 
understand unless you've seen the marks before. Like, he's no Abdullah the Butcher, but Sean definitely has gig marks on his head to this day. And I never really, you know, noticed it. Maybe it's because he had long hair for all his life. But, uh, yeah, dude bled buckets. The bad blood match at Hell in a Cell is one of those. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> that is definitely another one. And uh, even after he came back in 2002, the dude just always bled. <laughs> Good for yeah. him. And the, the ring, and every time he's in the ring or, you know, on a pay-per-view, it could be covered in blood. But for my next pick, the backstage was covered in Stan. Uh, now, uh, during the PG-era version of DX in 2006, uh, Eric Bischoff tells Triple H that he doesn't think that DX is controversial anymore. So so uh, Triple H tells Shawn Michaels this news, and Shawn's livid. And he actually explains, I'm the one that put Bret Hart in the sharpshooter, you know. And so he's arguing that uh, Eric Bischoff, the, guy, the king of controversy, doesn't think that Shawn Michaels or Triple H, D-Generation X, is controversial. So the way he argues it, after the Bret Hart comment, he, he looks over to a producer... And it's a very young Sean Spears. And he goes, excuse me, sir, what's your name? And he goes, Stan. And then he goes, Stan. And then just super kicks the living shit out of him. And he goes, see, I just kick Stan. So that's my number eight, entitled, I Just Kick Stan. It's one of those videos that I on YouTube that I repeated watched so many times because it's one of the best DX segments ever that happened after the reunion. Uh, so, yeah, had to talk about it. Is, is is that the same one where he marched down the the aisle after he kicked Stan, kicking everybody? Yes, Inside, and papers are flying. With stack of papers yeah. flies up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great segment. Uh, I love it. A uh, lot of DX stuff on here for you. So that's really great. Uh, that one I will say is 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 kind of an honorable mention one. So we'll keep that one in our back pocket. That uh, could make the final cut. I'll, it could I'll, be. I'll it could be there. the perfect ten spot. Uh, my number eight now this one's probably higher on a lot of people's list but uh, for me uh, again I I got to a point at this time where I was kind of my interest in wrestling was going in and out in the attitude era and uh, after the screw job as well uh, there was a lot of time there because Brett was my guy and so there was a little bit of time there uh, around Wrestlemania I don't know 14 through 20 where I wasn't as invested. Uh, but this is the thing that led to WWF reclaiming the top spot in professional wrestling. Uh, we're going to WrestleMania 14. Mike Tyson knocks out Shawn Michaels. Uh, there's not, I mean, there, there's, you know, he's in good company. There's about 48 other guys that could say they got knocked out by Mike Tyson legitimately. So uh, to be on the main event of WrestleMania and to have Mike Tyson involved and then uh, to get knocked out by the world heavyweight champion is a pretty big deal. So back uh, when I it kind of meant something yeah. too it meant a lot yeah. more than like when 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 chris jericho got laid out by mike tyson who cares <laughs> well that's you know jericho uh just you know always following up stealing sean's fucking spots because that's his guy uh you know we talked about the uh the awa tag match uh the first time i saw that match it wasn't that match. It was the thrill seekers doing the same spot with the heavenly bodies in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, where Jericho took the Sean spot and gigged a bucket and bled everywhere. I mean, did a great job. Definitely got the. I mean, you can't do that spot if you're not going to bleed excessively. So you just got to know that night. Make sure you aspirin up. Make sure you're hydrated, and uh, you need to go for it when it's when the time to do business comes. And uh, Jericho did it, but yeah, you know, Jericho also wanted to do all the ladder matches. He wanted to get knocked out by Mike Tyson, and here he is, 30-something years in the business, and he's still just a mark for Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, Shawn never fought a drone, though. So my number yeah, seven. <laughs> my number seven. This one is another DX moment, um, and but I don't care because this is one of the funniest segments ever documented on Monday Night Raw. Uh, it starts with Triple H coming out dressed as Vince McMahon, and he's over-delivering the power walk. He and this is during the Spirit Squad feud, and this was just a <coughs> this was just a breath of fresh air during a very weird and awkward feud that the Spirit Squad versus DX uh, became. But uh, after Triple H cuts the promo, here comes the money hits, and we think it's Shane McMahon going to interrupt Triple H, but no, it is Sean O'Mac, ladies and gentlemen, and it is Shawn Michaels doing the most over-embellished. Shane McMahon dance, which is already a, a sight to see. It's already a parody of itself. So when someone's parodying that, 
it's a sight for sore eyes. And it's it's one of the funniest things you'll see. And uh, I talk about all this to say that uh, this segment ends with Vince and Shane coming out to the stage. And then DX proceeds to drop fecal matter all over Vince McMahon's head. And that's in no way funnier in hindsight. And um, yeah, solid number seven, the Sean O'Mac impression. And then realizing that the the show and the the segment ended in shitting on McMahon, so it became it should be higher up on the list. Well, just goes to prove that Vince McMahon won't ask anyone to do something he wouldn't do himself. So, ooh, that I mean, so was it real shit then, and was it his own? <laughs> moving on, <laughs> Bell, moving on. <laughs> Number seven, uh, I'm just going with the creation of DX just in general, like that whole, that era right there. Those initial promos where uh, they were censoring themselves and showing their asses and all that stuff, just kind of announcing that, you know, this is the new, um, you know, this is the new era of, uh, of professional wrestling and we are degenerates and we're going to, we're running the show and uh, this is our thing. That's uh, so. Yeah, the creation of DX, which is huge because like all five of your moments so far have been DX moments. So, <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they have been. And from all walks, from from all the years. And plus, not to mention, you uh, you making the a moment about the creation of DX. What's what's glossed over often is that an original member of Degeneration X is ravishing Rick Rude. Yes, and yeah. that's amazing. So, number six, you guessed it, more DX shit. Uh, and this is the, all the DX stuff has just been backstage segments. I can't pick a DX match that I like. But, <laughs> but uh, there was a point in time where Shawn Michaels retired for some reason. Like, he was just, you know, had enough. And he just had segments where he had just like a new, like a, he had a new job. He was a chef. And Triple H found him. And he's trying to get him back into wrestling. And uh, Shawn Michaels is, you know, he he he's he likes what he does now. He's a chef. He serves people that actually like what he serves. You know, they're big, they're doing a lot of wrestling innuendos in this. And uh, but he still gets he still takes a lot of shit. And at the end of it, a little girl comes up to him and basically just gives him the whole Karen spiel. You know, like just hates her order stuff like that, and basically wants something redone. And I'm probably paraphrasing this hard. Uh, I have I just know the I just know how the segment ends. But it basically ends with Shawn Michaels taking the uh, taking the order back and giving it to her, and then she makes another snide comment, and then he just has enough, and then and then throws his foot off the screen to in, to indicate that he is super kicking this little girl in the face. And the way that they sell it is that they just take all the food that he put in her hands and just throw it into camera view, as if as if the shit just exploded when he kicked her. Uh, so, yeah, Shawn Michaels super kicking a little girl is uh, my number six. That's solid. That is solid. I'm going to go watch that promo. I'm going to YouTube that shit, see if I can find it. Uh, I'm, I wrote down, I made my notes. Uh, it's definitely happening after the show. Uh, that's great. I vaguely remember that. Was that after he lost to Taker? No. Or was there just another time where he's like, ah, I've had enough. I think I'm done. Yeah, I think okay. I, I got I to gotta find the context, but this was during the second run of DX where Triple H and Shawn okay. Michaels were being absolutely ridiculous. And Shawn, like pretend retired and like try to look for another job and then it all leads up to this perfect definitely going to check that one out my <laughs> number six and this is where uh i go like to me it's hard to do a top 10 list without talking about specific matches but this specific match i can make about the moment um God, it's been 20 years uh, we all found out about the passing of Eddie Guerrero. And uh, I know that anniversary just passed. Uh, I do remember we woke up on a Sunday morning having just heard the news. Um, my sister and my brother and I, the three of us, had been just kind of putting together a three-way match. Something would be fun because we'd never wrestled each other. Like, as ourselves, like, there were times where we had you know, masked characters and we all wrestle each other. But this is the one and only time that we actually had a triple threat match against each other. We went down there and said, Hey, we want, you know, we, we've been kind of working on something. 
we want to do a tribute for Eddie Guerrero. This is something special for us. And Martine Marin, the promoter, let us do it. And so we had a three-way that matched that day. Uh, it was, you know, the day that Eddie Guerrero passed away. Well, on that Monday Night Raw, they put together a massive tribute show for Eddie Guerrero, well-deserved. Uh, and the main event, of course, was Rey Mysterio. But he wrestled Shawn Michaels on that night. And we had all heard that Shawn was supposed to be Eddie Guerrero's opponent for that WrestleMania coming up. Uh, we've done Take It Up with Creative. We've talked about this. Um, and Ray being, you know, like Eddie's little brother in reality. Um, it was just a magical moment in time. These guys never worked together before or after. Uh, maybe a couple tag matches here or there or in the Royal Rumble. They did a spot together. But this was the only time they ever had a singles match one-on-one. -on -one, and it just, everything came together and it was magical. And they delivered. And that moment of the Eddie Guerrero tribute still gives me goosebumps even just talking about it, thinking about it. I'm probably going to go watch that match again now that we're into it. It's just a magical moment in time that shows you how great Sean really was and also how great Ray is. Um, but that was one of the few nights in Sean's career where he got to be a bully and he got to beat up on someone and he got to be a prick a little bit and he wasn't the smallest guy in the ring. And it's just magical. It's it, it To me, it captured everything that Ray and Eddie Guerrero's feud together in history together um, just in one night. And, and it was a perfect tribute to Eddie. And it's one of my favorite matches of all time, but definitely one of my favorite Shawn Michaels moments of all time. And it's my favorite match to play on the Rey Mysterio Showcase in WWE 2K22. You guys should go play that at home. Beautiful. Yes. Well, number five for me, and it's DX. Remember the <laughs> DX State of the Union, Cole? You remember when they yes. were at the re the president podium and they were talking about all yes. the words they can't say and what they are going to do and their mission statement? Well, this does not age well at all. And uh, the words that... <laughs> The words that come out of both of these assholes' mouths uh, is quite something. It's so quite something that I can't repeat hardly any of it, except for the very end. And I remember, I remember being a child or a teenager and just enjoying any chance I got to see my dad react to wrestling in a positive way. And for whatever reason... He thought Shawn Michaels was probably the funniest guy ever and could be a comedy actor. So whenever he's on the TV and he's not like half naked or has a huge bulge in his pants, uh, he'll watch him. So it's very rare that he watches him. But he caught him this night when, I, when uh, the DX <laughs> State of the Union happened. And he had the very famous line, because mind you, this is 1998. Uh, Shawn Michaels looks at the camera with that pen and the thumb gesture that you all know what I'm making if you live during this time. He says, I did not have sex with that young intern. No. Oh, no. No. And I said it completely wrong because it doesn't make mm -hmm. the, the, the joke doesn't make sense. He says, I did not sleep with that young intern. As yeah, a matter yeah. of fact, I was up all night. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's how it ends the segment. Uh, he was up all night having sex with her because he wasn't sleeping with her. Because how can you sleep when you're up all night having sex with her? Correct. That, Correct. That's the joke. Yeah. Get, so he didn't sleep with her. Get it? Not. Yeah. Because he was doing yeah. it. Yeah. You think Vince was there? So that was my number five. Uh, really solid number five. And uh, boy, there's a joke there, too. A solid number two of a joke. But we're going to move on to your number five. Jesus Christ, Ronald. What? Editing? Uh, no. Uh, whatever. Poo soon? Damn it, I said who's it wrong. Who's listening? <laughs> <laughs> We know that we know the three people that respond every week to us and let us know it was a good show are gonna laugh. So that's, that's all true. I care that's about. true. <laughs> I mean, all right, number five. Uh, uh, we're gonna go back to the basically the birth of the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Yes. Uh, for almost a decade, the the Midnight Rockers and Rockers were running around being an imitation Rock and Roll Express, doing everything uh, together. Uh, their tandem offense, all the great stuff. Well. After about six months of slowly making it look like there's a little bit of distrust going on, maybe they're getting frustrated with each other, uh, they call on Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake to be the peacemaker uh, on the barbershop. And uh, so Sean and Marty are talking. Everything's good. They hugged it out. All great. And then Marty goes to pop the crowd, turns around, 
eats a super kick right to the face, and then Shawn Michaels tosses him through the barbershop window. It's one of the all-time great heel turns. It's one of the all-time great uh, talk show segments. Uh, it's right up there with the coconut and Jimmy Snuka. Like, this was brilliantly done. Uh, it's, it made a beloved character a shit heel overnight. And then Sean rolled right with it, getting sensational Sherry by his side. But all started when uh, Jannetty's face went through the barbershop window. Yes, and uh, I, was, I was hoping that you would uh, talk about the barbershop segment. Of course. Uh, of course. And uh, it's funny because uh, since, my, since my recent endeavor into wrestling started, uh, there have been quite a few times where someone has pitched a tag team partner to me, and my go-to response always is, when's the barbershop segment? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Just because I don't want to do it. <laughs> Just itching to kick him in the face and throw him through a window if you, if you try to do that shit to me. Um, yeah, solid pick. It's probably the, it's the heartbreak kid moment. It's the heartbreak. Yeah. It's, it's probably what got him the, the moniker. Like, you know, he broke all the fans hearts and now he's going to break all the women's hearts from here on out. So I like it. It's, uh, one of my favorite segments that I didn't actually live through, but reviewed and right. enjoy. Uh, yeah, it's got, probably got to make the final list. Well, we're here, Cole, number four for me, and it's not DX. So, when Shawn Michaels sent Kevin Nash pack into WCW, there was an in-your-house called Best Friends Make Better Enemies. And this was awesome, because Kevin Nash came out in cornrows for some reason, mm-hmm. and it was a freaking solid match. But for whatever reason, and the, and probably the, he showed up, hung out, and like they looked at him and was like, we got to make this the finish. And it was a great finish, but Mad Dog Vashon is sitting front row, ladies and gentlemen, and at the time, he is an amputee. So, uh, in order to get just nuclear heat, Kevin Nash pushes Mad Dog Vashon to the ground and rips his leg off. The, the, the fake one, you know. Yeah. You know, just want to make sure that there was no dismemberment on this show. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he takes the leg and goes after Shawn Michaels, misses, and then Shawn Michaels takes the leg, hits it on his own feet, like a baseball bat, like he's getting ready to hit. <laughs> but just the fact that he's tapping a foot on his foot <laughs> yeah, is hilarious. It's a great visual. And then just proceeds to waffle Kevin Nash, Diesel at the time, in the face with this leg, and then pin him one, two, three. So Kevin Nash literally gets kicked prosthetically out of the WWF into <laughs> WCW. And, uh... Yeah, it was one of those things that I actually dug out of my own memory bank. Didn't have to review it. I just, I remember this so vividly. And, uh, yeah, way up high on the list at number four for Ron. Sorry, writing that down. That's something I'm definitely going to go check out again, too. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I know it happened. I remember hearing about it, but, like, it's just not... It wasn't, you know, it didn't become a core memory in my life. So that's great. I'm going to definitely check that out. I love Mad Dog Vachon. is just a great character all around in general, too. So that's that's fantastic. I love it. Makes great uh, kids. Might, yeah, might not make the final list, but solid, solid number four. My number four, this one might not be on everyone's list, but this one is definitely on the list for me. Uh, this is a huge nostalgia moment. Also, I think this was... It's one of those moments where Sean got to make amends for some of his past sins from, you know, when he wasn't such a nice guy, when he was a drug addict. Um, But leading up to Ron's favorite WrestleMania, uh, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels, they did a lot of, they dug up a lot of stuff from Sean's past. Um, You know, they brought out Sensational Sherry and Kurt Angle put her in the ankle lock. They brought out Marty Jannetty and Kurt Angle put him in in the ankle lock. Well, the following week, we got one hell of a reunion. We got the Rockers reunion. Sean and Marty back together again, uh, doing the tandem offense as if they never 
missed a beat in their lives. One of the only times Sean ever messed up a super or a kip up, by the way, uh, Marty nailed his kip up. Sean uh, missed his, and they kind of laughed about it. You know, it's just showing the difference being in maturity and everything. But it's such a phenomenal match, and it was such a great moment for Marty. But it's it just me being someone who really loved that era of wrestling, and and then I had to had to suffer through the era attitude era, and then we got Sean back, and then we had this just magical moment where for one night. The Midnight Rockers are just right on their top of their game. Uh, great match, wonderful moment, and uh, it's really high up on my list at number four. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was such a cool moment. I love that build so much, and I love that match so much. The sensational Sherry bit with Kurt Angle is great, but yeah, the Mari Janetti stuff was so out of nowhere. It was so crazy to see the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels come out to the Rockers music in the Heartbreak Kid gear. And, yeah, botching the kip up, I'm glad you mentioned it because I sure as hell was going to. Uh, yeah, solid moment. I, I, I mean, I mean, pick a moment out of that. You know, it's just, you know, yeah. it, that, that whole thing was a series of moments. And, you know, it very easily can, can be wrapped up into one for sure. So by number three, though, number three is a moment near and dear to our heart because of the match itself and the ending. And it's our probably our favorite match of all time. But for me, a 10-year-old who got to be there was very far away, but I wasn't that far away during the entrance, baby. Cause my goodness, Shawn Michaels zip lined his ass from the top of the ceiling. And I had a great view of that because I'm way up high where he was. So seeing Shawn Michaels that close live in person at that show, you know, in a show where I'm complaining about how far it is, you know, whatever I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm 10. I, I don't appreciate shit. Uh, <laughs> but being that close to Shawn Michaels in, uh, on basically a once in a lifetime thing, you know, it hasn't been done since. And when it has been done, it's been very, very protected and not that, not that, yeah. not that risky when it happened. But my number three, solid number three, probably not as, uh, as funny and tongue in cheek as the rest of them have been. But the zip line entrance, entrance at WrestleMania 12 is one of those moments that stands out to me forever. Yeah, it's it's a really great entrance. Uh, there's a special tie-in. You weren't the only uh, kind of friend of the uh, group uh, with the creative team here, fam wrestling family that was there. Uh, a good friend of ours, uh, the main event, James Morgan, not only was there, but since they were doing the wide-angle shot of the zip line, when Sean lands, you get a close-up of our friend James at, you know, 11 years old, turning right towards the camera with his red mullet, and just sneering into the camera like, fuck this guy. I, I want Brett to win so bad. And it's wonderful. It's captured on Coliseum Hall video forever. So it's it's a cool moment. And that's a nice little tie-in, you know, for us personally. But also, yes, it's our favorite match of all time. I'm going to talk about it here, um, you know, in a little bit. But the zip lining portion is not my favorite moment. But that it's great. I think it's definitely an iconic moment. It's one we've seen thousands of times over the years and is is, is a strong uh you know strong candidate for the final 10 for sure uh my number three this was a cool moment in time i this is one of those those times i remember vividly uh everyone being at the house we're watching this in 2002 uh sean had been gone for several years and uh he was finally making his triumphant return to the ring. Uh, I spe a specific moment in this match, uh, as Sean's getting ready to do shit, our pizza arrived. We had ordered pizza earlier tonight. The the pizza guy's like, oh, what are you guys watching? I'm like, oh, we're watching SummerSlam. Shawn Michaels is back. He's like, oh, shit, I wanted to see it so bad. And we just invited him in. And he just came in and took a knee with our pizza. We sat there with the pizza guy. <laughs> Watching the magic that was this match, this is one of the handful of matches where I go, man, Triple H really was good. Like these, this is one of the matches where I can make that argument. It's so great, and in as much as as great as Sean was, there's no way this wasn't a bit of a carry job by Triple H after four years off, and and they went thirty. I mean, it was a long match, and they pulled out all the stops. Um, but just the fact that Sean was back, he made his return, and he was returning to the ring, that is my number three moment. Yeah, it was like the first inkling where I felt like, oh, my gosh, wrestling's good again. Like, you know, I'm yes. I'm like, you know, I'm 16, but I, I, I lived through the new generation era. So, like, you know, 
we have so much nostalgia and so much has changed since then. And it's 2002, so ruthless aggression is starting and the Attitude Era is starting to fade away. So getting Shawn Michaels back at this point was so needed. And yeah, stuck around all the way like for eight more years. And I still will very candidly admit that that, that those eight years are my favorite of his career. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Moving on to number two. Uh, I think you can, well, no, cause he, this was the, this was during the part of the, of the D of the second DX run where he split off to do this thing with Hogan. But yes, we talked about the Hogan thing. I'm going to talk about the, the famous segment leading up to this match. And I'm talking about when they had a fake Larry King interview a fake Hulk Hogan and the fake Hulk Hogan was played by Shawn Michaels on crutches, and it's Shawn Michaels doing the worst Hogan impression ever, saying brother after every word. Um, Larry King pitches to a Shawn Michaels video that is actually really serious and like just kind of showcases what Shawn Michaels can do in the ring and what he has done in the ring, and then it just pans back to Hulk Hogan, played by Shawn Michaels, just going, brother. Like he, like, he knows he's fucked. And then... As as Shawn Michaels as Hulk Hogan proceeds to end the segment with with bad flexing and like faking muscle spasms b- during the flex, he then gives Larry King a super kick and then cuts his serious <laughs> promo in front of the camera and saying, "Hulk Hogan, you have your reality show. Hogan knows best. But what what you gonna do when reality kicks you in the face?" And then he kicks the camera in the face, or or you know subconsciously kicks the people at home in the face. And this yes. was like the first time where heel Shawn Michaels really as a character was happening after the, after the, after the, after the return, this was probably yeah, the amongst, most... amongst the DX silliness that had been going on. Yes. We yeah. got a, we got a douchebag Shawn Michaels and it was very cool for him to do shoot promos and talking about Hulk Hogan ain't coming around unless you pay him enough. You want the old school Shawn Michaels back? Well, you got him. And you know, it all led up to just the funniness of that match. And the sales job, but I'm going to talk about this Larry King segment. That's my number two, one of my favorites. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I don't remember that, so that's something again I added to my list of things to go review. Oh yeah, so uh, probably not a shoe in for the final ten since I don't remember it happening. Even I just I do remember they had an abrupt Shawn Michaels heel turn because Hogan wasn't. Under he didn't think that the you know the legend legend babyface babyface thing was gonna work, um, and so he wanted Sean to turn heel and. Yeah, no, the crowd would not have happened. given Shawn Michaels the Cody treatment. No, no, for sure. So okay, um, my number two. Uh, this I mean, this is probably number two on both of these guys' lists. Um, I'm sorry, I love you like this. To me, it's just, it's such a great moment. It's brilliant. Uh, This was Sean at his absolute best, putting all of his psychology and everything uh, that he he possesses on display. Told Nature Boy, hey, shut up and listen. I'm calling this match. You're going to do what I tell you. Uh, And it was the absolute most perfect retirement match of all time. Um, You know, little sad that flares uh, shit upon the finish of this, but you know, it is what it is. It's so well done. It's so such a heartfelt moment. It's like even, you know, I, I just imagine, you know, fat bearded black t-shirt wearing guys crying all over the world when this happened. And uh, just, it's wonderful. It, it Yeah. It's well done. <laughs> Not my fault. You look like every other wrestling. I <laughs> I mean, I'm a fat bearded guy. I just wear colorful T-shirts yeah. instead of black T-shirts. It's the only difference is just I like color. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with them. <laughs> yeah, you were crying too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't. I'm, I'm I probably cried at this since then, but not in the moment. The only time yeah. I've actually cried in the moment during professional wrestling, other than when my sister. That's not fair. Like my sister, like doing stuff is not fair. I'm not crying because wrestling made me cry, but like. 
when Bret Hart legit returned to WWE for the first time and faced off in the ring with Sean and they kind of had that awkward hug and everything, like I legit cried because I thought no way in hell Bret Hart was ever going to be in a WWF ring again. And, and mostly just because of Bret. I knew Vince would take him back in a heartbeat. I knew WWF wouldn't be an issue. But to see Bret Hart, that's the only time I ever got emotional in the moment for wrestling reasons, you know? Like <laughs> Well, you're definitely so, yeah, getting... I'm sorry I love you. Number two. Yeah, uh, great number two. And boy, you're about to get even more emotional when you hear my number one because this is probably one of the most pivotal moments in both these men's careers as well. But I'm talking about 1997. Shawn Michaels makes Bret Hart tap out clean in the middle at Survivor oh, Series 1997. Uh, yes, this, uh, this moment has no famous title whatsoever. It was a cold match. Uh, and it was a headline, a survivor series of all places. And, uh, yeah, uh, to his own move too, the sharpshooter, Brett, uh, you know, Bret Hart takes his own sharpshooter and really doesn't even feel it all that long. He, it, it's a, no wonder he chose the finisher. It is a hurtful move cause he couldn't hang. And I don't know what, what, I don't know what Shawn Michaels ate that morning, but it was definitely enough to grip a sharpshooter well enough for Bret Hart to tap out almost immediately to it. And then uh, go to WCW, and then the rest is history there. But uh, solid number one for me. I can uh, I can tell by your expression that I took a solid number one on your face. Um, <laughs> but Shawn Michaels, clean in the middle, makes Bret Hart tap out at Survivor Series 1997. What say you? Uh, of course, Ron is facetiously talking about the Montreal Screwjob. Absolutely belongs on any Shawn Michaels list. It's definitely... Uh, it's one of the biggest moments, if not the single biggest moment in wrestling history. It really is, at least in modern day wrestling. It's it's not the first time that uh, there was that that uh, they double crossed uh, a world champion in a main event. It's happened a couple other times, and every time it hurt the business. Up until this one, this one set the business on fire uh, because Vince McMahon, uh, you know, uh, I it just. It, in character, really, just his personality. Obviously, he's an insane person. We know that. This motherfucker thought he was going to be the babyface in this situation. Thought if he just told the fans that, you know, Brett was trying to take the belt and screw them and didn't care about doing business the right way, that Vince somehow was going to be the good guy and they were going to love the company. No, they shit all over Vince, turned him into the biggest heel of all time. Uh, good for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Montreal Screwjob's great. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> so yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, Montreal screw job is is purposely left off my list just because it, it it's a screw job, but it's going on the final list, 100%, very high on the final list. Like it, the, you talk about moments in wrestling history, there's not a bigger moment. So Well, no, and I was very high making this list. <laughs> oh. All right. I think I'm going to expedite making a top 10 list. Wait, wait. Uh, a finalized one because I got to piss so bad. But, 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 what's your number one? Oh, my number one. Oh, oh my, number one, I, my number one's the number one. It's the one we all agree. It's the greatest moment in wrestling history. I think it won a bracket. We did, I don't know. We, it, it either was our number one when we did it or we did a bracket of moments or we did I don't, something along those lines. But it's the boyhood dream has come to life. Yes. And like, that's it. Shawn Michaels' career, that moment. Him on his knees in the middle of the ring, holding the belt after everything that he'd been through. Let's just go. Like, he failed the year before against Diesel. Uh, you know, he got attacked by uh, the service members, you know, whether there was eight, uh, whether it was an eight-on-one attack or whatever it was. He got the ever-loving shit kicked out of him. Uh, Sean's, you know, real-life trials and tribulations, and then everything he went... <laughs> <clears throat> everything he went through with Owen Hart, they did the knockout, like a lot of stuff led into this. And when Vincent Mann finally realized that Shawn Michaels was a baby face, we got the big push, the big buildup. I think it's one of the greatest main event of WrestleMania buildups of all time too. Like I really love everything leading up to WrestleMania 12. And then for them to have our favorite match of all time and for Shawn to stand victorious at the end of the night, uh, and Vince announcing the boyhood dream has come to life. Like, it is fucking magical. It, for me, it's the number one Shawn Michaels moment. It's the number, it's my favorite match of all time. It's, it's everything to me. So, I mean, we had, I had this exercise with you before, but, you know, name a better match that went on last at WrestleMania. Yeah. 
That's pro- I mean, there's not, there's no argument. Everyone that everyone loves match of the night on other other matches that were match of the night to them. But name me a match that went on last that holds up to this. Uh, I honestly like I I have a hard time of thinking of an actual match that closed the show that was this great. Like I really do. Uh, maybe well, maybe let's run Sean through it. Taker two. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Sean and Taker two. Yeah, or that, or Cody and Roman last year. That's pretty damn that's close. That's about it. That's pretty damn close. I was gonna run through all forty of them, but nah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Go ahead while I make a list. All right, fine. Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Mr. T versus Piper and Orndorff. No. no. Hulk Hogan and Bundy. Jesus, no. Okay, Hogan and Andre. The match itself is not as great, but the moment is almost. That's all we're talking about. It's just bell to bell. Yeah, the bell to bell, not even close. Okay, Mach and Teddy Biasi. Certainly not. After they both had multiple matches that night. Mach and Hogan. No, because they really went safe. Like it's a good match, but like they really went safe, and it wasn't even Hogan and Warrior. Ooh, definitely not. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's it's the best thing that fucking Hogan's ever done in his career. I mean, I none of these matches the are bad, but we're, we're no, we're, no, not at all. You and I are holding it up to Iron Man. So yes, S- Sergeant Hogan. Not quite. Okay, Sid and Hogan. Definitely not. Okay, Brett and Yoko. Certainly not. Brett and Yoko. <laughs> Maybe. No, just kidding. <laughs> LT and Bam Bam. Well, certainly not as good quality wise, but you're dwelling on the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But not even the moment. Uh, considering that it was a non wrestler and Bam Bam, like the performance of Bam Bam is up there. Is it, it certainly deserves the credit for being an all time great performance. But no, not as good. A match. You're being very kind. Uh, you know, I'm not, all I'm saying is that having a not as good match as the Iron Man is not a bad thing. It's 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 quite common. So. Iron Man, we're here now, so we're just going to move on. Sid and Taker. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Austin and Michaels. No. Yep. Rock and Austin. Certainly not. Not any of them. Okay. Triple H, Big Show, Mick Foley, and The Rock. <laughs> McMahon <laughs> in every corner. Oh, terrible. Yes. Okay. Rock and Austin. No, again, all three Rockin' Austins, no. Trips and Jericho. No. Angle and Lesnar. No. Schmember, uh, HBK and Triple H. Yeah, 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 the triple threat with Benoit. HBK, yeah, uh, g- great match, but not that level. Trips and Batista. Certainly not. John Cena and Trips. <laughs> Shawn Michaels and John Cena. Edge Although and ta- that was the long one where they had the 65-minute match the next night. The right? next night, yeah. Yeah. Edge and Taker. No. Triple H and Orton. No? Yeah. Follow, yeah I, think, follow. I think we're there. Yeah. yeah so, now, now we're getting to the ones where you got to actually really think about it. Yeah, too. well, <laughs> a, a, HBK, and, HBK and Taker, the, the, the one where they corrected the year before. <laughs> yeah, that, that, might, that might be the only one that comes close, but. Yes. Well, speaking of coming close, Miz and John Cena. Jesus Christ. That was a main event. Sure was. I'll admit, you know, Miz is better than Mr. T, so. It's true. Or King Kong Bundy. That's true. The Rock and Cena, one. No. The Rock and Cena, two. No. Daniel Bryan versus Batista versus Orton. Ooh, that's a close one. It's not. I think the moment outweighs it. Yeah, I think the Triple H match is a better match on that show, but yeah, certainly not. Doesn't rise to Iron Man level. Yeah, the boy, the original Boyhood. Well, the the sequel to the Boyhood Dream coming true was cool and all, but uh, the original still is way better. From there, we got the first Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match with the Money in the Bank cash in. Yeah, which all are the shits. Yeah. Um, uh, where are we going from there? Oh, Triple H and Roman Reigns. No, oh, that was a main event. Yes, at the largest WrestleMania ever, the Jesus. the Dallas Stadium. Uh, from there, ooh, thirty three. That was Taker and Roman. Yeah, not great. Thirty four. Oh, this is where I'm starting to like. I think this is. I think that's. This is also Rock and Roman. No, Brock and Roman. 
Probably. And then 35 was the women's main event. Yeah, and then that sucks. 36 was Drew and Brock in front of nobody. Yeah, that sucks. 37 was... Oh, Roman stacks Brian and Edge. Yep. And uh, 38, depending on which night you want to go with. Uh, <laughs> well, I've been going with night two on the last two on the last yeah, two yeah, nights, yeah, yeah. but it is yeah. Ro- but rock that's, and... that's one of those where they had a uh, a woman's match at the end of night two, and that, that was 37. Really great. That was 37. Yeah. 38 the night before was was uh, Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. Uh right. But 38 was headlined by another Roman Brock, and somebody. Brock and Roman. And There's then, no way they've closed Mania three, three times. times. Yes, sir. Oh, and uh, and thirty nine last year, Cody Rhodes and Roman. Yeah, th- I would say thirty nine main event or the the last match and the Taker Sean last match. Those are the only three for me that are like all time classic greats. Like outside of that, good luck. Yeah, yeah. So. For me, the match that w- the the final match of the night. You know, uh, I I still think it's the Iron Man, and uh, and and it's not even nostalgia. Like you know. Your cousin watched it a few times, like yeah. in, in a week. <laughs> yes, it's a great match. So, all right, that was enough time for me to finish top ten list, and uh, we're gonna go through it now because I really got to piss. So. Oh, oh, you got a big take a big number one. I'm gonna start with a big number ten. Mike Tyson, uh, yeah, Mike Tyson K's out. Mike Tyson knocks out Shawn Michaels. Mm, number nine. The Hulk Hogan feud. We both had Hulk Hogan moments, so I'm just putting the whole feud together. Uh, from you know the Larry King, the heel turn to Sean selling like an asshole, the whole feud, Sean Michaels moment. Eight. HBK super kicks everyone in DX. Seven. The barbershop window. Six. The Eddie Guerrero tribute match with Rey Mysterio. Five. The Degeneration X State of the Union. Four. Uh, Shawn Michaels return in 02 in the street fight with Triple H. Pizza guy. Three. I'm sorry, I love you. Two. The Montreal Screwjob. And number one. The boyhood dream has come to life. And there you have it. That's the official creative team. Top 10 Shawn Michaels moments of all time. Uh, Had a lot of fun with this one. Ronald, what do we have for these lovely people next week? Oh, next week we're we're going to put a bow on this month called Valentine's Month. And we're going to talk about the top 10 couples in wrestling history. And boy, that's going to be near and dear to your heart. You might be talking about a couple of people that you have no close relationship with whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited to talk about it. We're going to talk about some couples. Uh, I really want to study up this one because I'm smelling some just gold content for this one, and I can't wait to 100%. talk about it. Hundred percent, yes. the couples, the possibilities are endless. So we're gonna end this with end this month with a bang with just a little bit of romance, or you know maybe just be, before we go, uh, I question about couples. Are we doing uh, working couples and? Uh, shoot couples sure. or who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? It's the creative team. All right, perfect. If you think Ready, if break. you think Al Wilson and Don Marie aren't being talked about. <laughs> All right. Well, that, I can't do any better of a cliffhanger than that, ladies and gentlemen. For Rod Kilborn, I am Cole Dawson saying thank you. We love you. And good night. More. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.